All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And Jake, we are joined today by a special guest. Uh, Jake, who, who do we have? So we have Luke with us from Leaving Churchianity. And Matt, you found this fella on TikTok, I believe. I did. I found him on the TikToks, as the kids say. Right. Um, and so. so we'll get into talking with him. But first, but, what do people need to do when they well, come onto the channel? We suggest that you uh, that you like us. We, we need friends, Jake. We do. And so we appreciate if you like us, leave us a comment, uh, share this if you find any of this content uh, acceptable. And um, but we we also ask that you would go check out Luke's channel, and it's in TikTok. And if you just look up, it's on the screen here, leaving churchianity. And you should be able to find him in TikTok. Um, he has some other things coming soon that he may uh, talk, talk about um, in the future. But uh, but for now, you can find him there. And um, Luke, hello. Hello, hello. Good to chat with you guys. Yeah, you too. All right. So I know Matt has uh, laid out a grueling series of questions that will That's test right. both your <laughs> stamina and your fortitude. So That's right. That's right. So we'll just That's jump right fun. into the questions. And the first question I have for Luke is, uh, Luke, um, can you tell us how long have you been in this Torah walk? Uh, I, I think uh, 2017, I would say. Okay, I got married in. Uh, we got married in 2016, in the fall, and then like six, eight months after that, the Lord started showing me some things, <laughs> and then my wife started saying, "Oh man, did I did I marry a crazy person?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know how it yeah. goes. No, yeah. you know how it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. she. Uh, it took her a little while, probably another year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she came around 2018. Yeah, when it does, it does. We 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 understand that for sure. So that kind of leads us to the next question. Can you kind of give a brief synopsis of, of of that journey? You know, like where, how did you go from whatever you were before to Torah? Mm. Yeah, and uh, where are you coming from on the on the journey there? Where'd you start? Yeah, oh. and to make that brief. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, uh, Lord's been working with me for many years, um, but I was, uh, I'd left the mega church. There's uh, our campus pastor had left, and we went with him and took over his other church. And I was working on getting on staff there. He was looking to make me associate pastor of that location. And so we were, you know, and talks about that, figuring it out, and he he had handed me the church constitution and bylaws, which is like you know, thirty pages of of wow. Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, take this, take a red pen to it, man. Let's. Uh, I want to, I want, I want to see what your thoughts are and what we can redo and, and all that. And uh, there's a lot of red ink shed on that thing there was there was a lot and that was that was one of the the tools the lord used to open my eyes to the state of where church is or christianity is these days versus where it's where it started you know and uh it was a compilation of that and 
my brother and I were having a, a private Bible study about the rapture and end times and all that. And of course, you know, with that comes Israel and the church and, and right. all that. And, and I was leading a, uh, a Bible study at the time, kind of outside of the church, but it was like a group of people from like four or five different churches, which I think is awesome. Yeah. That, uh, you know, to come together. So we did that for a couple of years, but it was right at that same time, this all meshed together and that group started talking about end times and all this and, you know, things weren't lining up. And so I'd been praying, I think for about two years, but I knew something wasn't right. I knew that what I got in Bible college and seminary and growing up, like the lines just didn't match up. And there's, you know, there's things that there's things that just didn't connect. And I was just praying so hard that God would just show me what am I missing? You know, what am I missing? And he just sort of answered my prayer one day. You know, like before that, he talked, I had heard from him. I feel like he had spoken to me before once or twice. But this time it was just like he's right in the room. And it was amazing. It was just amazing. You know, so it's a kind of a, a compilation of all those things. And I had started listening to Rob Skiba a bit on YouTube. And uh, he pointed me to uh, 119 Ministries. Yeah. And I, I heard one of their teachings that lined up perfectly with where I was at at this moment, which was uh, they did a, a teaching on the church, his model. And pointing out the differences there and everything just sort of came together and he took, he took the blinders off my eyes. And it, it began a, an awesome time, probably a year of him just showing thing after thing, topic after topic. And it was like, I, lear I learned more in that period of time than I had in 35 years. You know, it was, it was, just, it was just amazing. And so I, uh, you know, I met with the pastor and I'm like, I don't, I don't think this is, the whole thing is not what it should be. And because, because he told me, uh, I had a really deep, really close relationship with this man. He told me, he said, I, the only thing I want is a spirit filled, spirit led church. He said, I don't care what I have to give up tradition, denominationalism, you know, whatever. That's all I want. And so when I turned that constitution and bylaws back in and he didn't like the, uh, the recommendations that, that I made. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing I pointed out, you know, it, it, in the scripture, there is no senior pastor, you know, the Messiah is the head of every man, Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and the biblical pattern is a plurality of elders over local bodies. And so this is part of Probably bad sales pitch, but I, I suggested that he step down. I, I said, just hear me out. I'm like, if you step down as senior pastor and we just have us, you know, three, four guys, whatever, and it's always somebody different. And people aren't coming for to follow a personality of a man. But it's more like what the house church movement is doing. And, you know, for all my all my adult life, I'd been constantly conflicted with people saying that they're just unhappy with church and there's no community there's no fellowship there's no relationships we want something that we can we want to leave differently than we came and i'm like why don't we merge these two together you know so i i told him i'm 
taking a break and I'm going to start doing this house church thing for a while. And we had a great conversation. It was like two and a half hours. And I laid out for him every single thing that God had showed me. And he was right on board with everything except the Sabbath. That, that, that was a big one. You know, he was like, uh, you know, I keep the Sabbath every day because I rest in him. Right. Whatever. So the whole plan was, all right, Luke and his wife will go do this for a year and see why this movement is booming so much and come back and we can put them together, you know, and fill the holes in the church structure where it is. And it just, it, it didn't work. You know, we, we, we fell apart and he, I think he got offended that I had, you know, moved away because he invested so many hundreds of hours in me personally. So, you know, it is what it is. That was, and that was way back to 2017 now. Yeah. Um, but when we got into the church movement and Torah, understanding and understanding the whole scripture and our identity, man, it's, there was, it's nothing like growing up in Christianity or growing up in the church. I mean, I learned more in the first year than I had in, you know, almost 40 years of going to church. It's just amazing. And the relationships. I mean, you guys can probably testify as well. I mean, the relationships and how it's focused on relationship and your whole heart kind of changed. At least mine did. You know, it used to be we go to church for an hour, hour and a half. And that was a struggle. You know, and now it's like we're there for five to seven hours. Yeah. And it's yeah. just fantastic. It's just fantastic. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was, that's really what, it was just a snowball of stuff that I think were divine appointments that God, that God put together and made me make decisions. Like, all right, this Bible study group that I was doing every Sunday night with all these people, we started working into this and it was clear, but they, they weren't going to have it, you know? Yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking to my family. It was the same thing that went really poor. Very bad. And uh, so I think, uh, just on that point, real quick, I think uh, tying in the the idea of of how much you're learning so quickly, and yeah. people can't, they're like, "Where's this coming yeah. from?" Because it's out of nowhere. You're just this new situation. Yeah. Like you, but they're not seeing the hours you're putting in behind the scenes. Yeah, so they can't grasp it. Yeah, and it turns into a seed dumping event. <laughs> yeah, and to be totally honest, uh, this is one thing that I regret. Um, it got so much because at that time I was working a, a side job, and I, you know, I'd have my AirPods in every day. I'd listen to teaching for eight hours a day. You know, yeah, it was fantastic. And it got to the point where, you know, I'm studying all the time, and I and I pray, and he would just give me answers like right now, just just tell me the answer. I'm like, really? Okay, where's that from? And he'd give me the verse. And I'm like, this is this is fantastic. And it, But it got to the place where it was so much. And you know, that's... It's redoing the, the foundation that you were raised in. And that's a lot to take. You know, your worldview, your, your view of everything. I actually got to the place where I asked him to just pause. <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right, Lord, I need, I need like a month. I, I got to let this acclimate. You know, there's, there's so much. And I, I kind of regret regret doing that because it kind of uh, ruined the the wave that I was riding. But, but yeah. yeah, it was 
I, I see why my wife and my family was like, you're, you're turning into a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, this book is just alive, yeah. you know, and, and God is so real. It's just, it's just it's, that was the best experience of my life. Well, and once that, that's great. And once you um, do that, now you understand the scripture about and the parable of the new wineskins. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you can't pour the old wine in your the new wine into the old wine skin. Yeah, old yeah. Skin. You know yeah. you have to, and I think that's what that's about. You know that's how I take it, and you basically have to reconstruct everything, and uh, that's hard for people around us. And and we're excited at first, and you know it, it's finding a balance of how do you talk to people but still be relevant and interesting because yeah. I think with some people. You know, in our family, we may have gone too far, too fast, and they just shut us off. And now they, now they well, can't they even. On it. Yeah, now they can't even hear anything we have to say. And, yeah, uh, I, I feel like hard. it's like giving steak to a baby that that's just yeah. milk. It's like you're force feeding the stuff that they can't swallow. They're just not there yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, so it's a fine, it's a fine line. And, fact, and, then uh, I, and I think. I think you go through this thing too, where you're maybe angry a little bit at the things that you thought, you know, that you find out were were not true or not quite right, oh, yeah. and and so you you know you kind of have this anger that builds up, and 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 you, but you have to be careful because we have to realize we were all there, yeah, just like yeah. them, and um, you know, we, it's easy to forget that. Yeah, but no, that's, that's a really good point. It's it's easy to get angry at maybe parents your upbringing or yeah. the pastors the teachers and but it's been real helpful to me to understand that it's it's a matter of deception and yeah. it's yeah. not i don't think that people you know there's wolves out there and all that and false teachers but i don't think it's intentional mm-hmm. you know i don't think people are really maliciously trying to deceive people it's, it's just yeah. a matter of look we've inherited a certain religion and set of beliefs that have not been tested properly over the years. And so they're just as deceived as we are. Yeah. You know, so we can't, we got to understand that and go easy on people and not, you know, not say that they're the ones that are doing it. You know? Yeah. 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 And it was, uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you one real quick story. <clears throat> it got to the place, uh, like my family was really concerned about me, you know, and I had some conversations with them, long ones. I got to the place where they called like a family meeting with their pastor nice. who used to be mine back in high school. And they wanted me to come. They want my wife to come. The whole family's coming there. And it was very uh, intimidating. This guy's got, I think, eight or nine degrees. You know, I mean, it's very smart, man. But I'm like, okay, I'll go. I'll go. Because all I want is the truth. That's, that's really what it is. And I wanted to take, here's these beliefs that the Father's shown me. I want to put them on this guy's desk and say, look, like open-minded as I can be, if you can prove these wrong using the Scripture, I'll change before I leave this room. And I, and I mean that. Yeah. And it, it was actually an awesome experience because it was like a four-hour meeting. We're just going back and forth and back and forth. And at the end, there was not one belief that he could oppose biblically or prove wrong using the scripture. It was, it was, it was amazing. It was so reassuring. And I'm like, well, it stands this test. 
Right. He would say, yeah. you know, well, here's a book. Read this book this guy wrote. I'm like, <laughs> I want the Bible. Yeah. Just the Bible. This is very simple. These aren't difficult things. And so that right there really solidified it. It really strengthened my faith even more, my assurance of what God had been showing me. Yeah. That's, that's, kinda, that's great. That's kind of how I felt too. It was like once, once I realized that the arguments I'm hearing are the same arguments I made and they failed. And, you know, I know all the arguments because yeah. I made the same ones. And so if you're going to, what you need to do is bring something new to me that I haven't checked out yet. And I'll consider yeah. it, you know, yeah. because uh, essentially, you know, what I've told people is uh, uh, when I'm having discussions back and forth with them is I've already proven that I'll change everything I'm doing to seek to find the truth because I've done it. I've changed everything I was doing to do the truth so if you're gonna bring something to me and you can show me it's the truth i'm obviously gonna do that you know what i mean so it's kind of it's an it's an interesting it's amazing that you even have that testimony people don't realize like my family thought i was weak like oh you're you're so easily influenced like <laughs> no it's the direct opposite the amount yeah. of strength and courage that this takes to go against that, lose, to lose your family, to lose your yeah. friends and the whole church. You're losing everything. Yeah. But that's how much you want the truth. That's how much you love the Lord. Yeah. And they're willing yeah. to follow him. It's, it's. Yeah. And you're not it's necessarily. Not it's a miracle. Yeah. It's a miracle. It is. And you're not necessarily losing everything, but you're at least putting it on the line. And. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it, everyone has a different story to tell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah no, no, for us, um, I was I was a deacon and youth minister and very involved with lots of things, children's ministry. And, um, you know, we grieved when we walked away from that. You know, that was that was family to us. You know, I had helped people build houses and done all kinds of things and, you know, sweated with people and, you know, just been the trenches with, with people in life. And, uh, and, and uh, yeah, it, it was a period of mourning. And every time I went by that church, there was just overwhelming sadness that I had, uh, you know, when you first leave it. And people, people don't understand that it's, it's not an easy thing. And it does, oh, it rips you apart. Yeah, it's gut-wrenching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there can be a lot of guilt that comes with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. Well... And the other question I had is, you know, kind of describe your current fellowship. You you, you briefly maybe talked to us a, a second ago about it, but uh, describe kind of kind of what you do now. Yeah, I found uh, I found our fellowship through the One Nineteen Ministries Fellowship Finder, that map. Yeah. But just finding that was encouraging because yeah. you think. Start wondering, am I the only one that understood that sees this? The only one, you know. And then, yeah. I think it was it was Rob Skiba, I think, that uh, pointed that pointed that out. So I looked at it, and you know, you zoom in, and you're like, wow, they're everywhere. There's fellowships of people all around me that see the scripture this way, and it was I it was it was amazing. So I had uh, I messaged a, a guy on there and. I really like the way they handle it. You know, they met me and my wife at uh, Starbucks and had a conversation. You know, make sure we're not crazy. Yeah. You yeah. know, and uh, yeah, so we had our fellowship is like, a, well, it's, you know, we meet in people's houses. I think it's similar to yours, man. I, I, I saw your video on kind of what you guys do. We have like, I think 
four or five houses right now that we meet in. So we do that every week. It's different. And then one, uh, one Sabbath out of every month we meet as a community. So, cause there's a lot, there's a lot of groups that are just too far away. And plus, you know, your house can only hold so many people. Yeah. You know, so every, every, I think it's the third Sunday or third Saturday of the month we meet, uh, we rent the church out and we meet there and people will drive two and three hours Wow! to meet. And it's, you know, it's a whole day thing and it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's really neat. And now we're getting to the place where our group has grown so much. Like we just can't, you know, we, we can't fit them. Yeah. You know, we, we average like 30 people and to cram that into a house on its own is is a lot but then we got another you know 20 or more that want to come and, and can't you know because we yeah. can't fit them so we're we're sort of looking for like a community building or something that we can maybe rent out and meet there at least some of the at least some of the weeks out of the month you know yeah yeah but yeah. it's really neat to see to see yeah. all the people coming and it, it growing and it what's, what's neat to me is to see to see the spread of people, you know, people from all walks of life. It's, 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 it's interesting, like the collage of people. And, you know, we may not have much in common with this person or with this couple or this family, or whatever, but we have the faith yes. in common. Have this. You know, this, this love for the Torah, this love for the father, love for the truth. And it's so uniting that I love it. Yeah. I, of course, I love being around people, but I just, I love the diversity. I think it's awesome. And I really like that it's, our, our fellowship is, you know, it's, it's open conversation. You know, it's not the Nicolaitan model of one man lording over the people, you know. You know, we have a plurality of four or five elders. And yeah, there's one person that leads it. You know, that changes every week, one of the elders. But it's just an open discussion. Yeah. And for the life of me, I don't understand why we they don't do that in Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's when you can ask questions in real time and have discussions, the group learns together in like warp speed compared to yeah, the traditional think, church model. I think the church model is to get people saved and then then teach to the lowest common denominator and then that's where it stays. Yeah. Yep. But that, you know, it's a smart business model because it keeps people hungry or I should say unsatisfied. Yeah. And so they yeah. keep coming, they keep coming back. Mm -hmm. And what the problem is people only go so long yeah. and that's why the turnover rate is so high. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, over the years being in all these staff meetings at churches, like we got so good at bringing people in. We have like five campuses. I forget how many thousands of people and how many services, like seven services, wow. you know, we're great at attracting people and bringing them in. But the head pastor would always be so frustrated. He's like, how do we close the back door of this place? Yeah. Like, how do we keep people from leaving? I'm like, can't you feed them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you can't just have them sit in silence and program them. The yeah. way that you want, have no interaction, have built no relationships, and expect them to keep coming. Like, like the math is simple, at least in, in my head, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's an excellent point for sure. So, yeah, I kind of wanted to touch on uh, Bittier's story since uh, since our previous discussion. 
before all the lights came on, you know, um, how you, um, I saw in one of your videos, you know, you were discussing unity and, and how there's essentially, I've had that come against me also, the whole, well, you know, we should be in unity and it almost comes across as like unity for unity's sake. And, yeah. you know, my, my thought has always been, oh, if you're so interested in unity, then just stop arguing with me and accept what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, just admit prove, that I'm right. Prove to me you're that you're so interested in unity, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah. you had kind of a, an interesting scenario pop up for you regarding unity. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little. Uh, with F at the previous church? Yeah, how you, uh, what their, their stance on the importance oh, yeah, of unity I, was. Well, we had, on the pastoral staff, we brought in a new youth pastor, and it's just it's causing division. It's just causing problems and, you know, complaints with teachings and stuff like that. So we had a, we all met together, and the wives and all of us, and it was a, it was a deciding factor. What direction are we going to take this body? And the whole question was, should we be divided over truth or united in error? Which one is it? Because that's all he would do is push unity, 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 while pushing, you know, evolution and the gap theory and, and all these other things. And I just, I flat could not get, I can't get to that place in the mind where unity trumps truth. Yeah. That's that's mind-boggling. Like I get there's core issues in the faith that are non-negotiables, but there's a lot of peripheral issues as well. Yeah. And when your gospel doesn't line up with the gospel, I'm sorry, we can't unify over that. You you can't. We end up as another version of Billy Graham. And yeah. everyone believes something different and they're not all going to the same place. No. You know, yeah. two cannot walk together unless they're agreed. You can't, you can't plow and minister together that way. And for me to boil it down, well, now on this side of the equation, there's two things that are uncom uncompromisable. There's probably more, but number one is the gospel of the coming kingdom. And number two is discipleship. And a lot of people will not equate that. I don't understand that salvation is discipleship. And if you can't unify around the gospel of the coming kingdom, then you're following a false gospel. You know, and most people don't even realize it, but they believe in dispensationalism. So they believe in what seven, eight different gospels. Yeah. You know, for all these different times, and it's it's absolute chaos. Yeah. And it's it's not as simple as oh, just believe in Jesus. It's it's not that. That's yeah. not the whole gospel. And right. I believe the enemy has neutered the gospel first of all he's hit it like a needle in a haystack amongst countless substitutes but he's neutered it because he's taken away the call he's taken away the submission he's taken away what it means to be a disciple what it means to actually follow yeshua and redefined it to say if i just believe this and i feel love in my heart for jesus you know then that's all that's required first of all none of that is true and that's not biblical love yeah you know, you know, so you, it, it just, yeah, what are you going to do when you don't get the warm fuzzies? What are you going to do? You quit well, exactly, because it changes every day. Yeah. <laughs> I 
Yeah, there's going to be emotions are as fickle as they come. Yeah. 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 You know, and so it was that was really in the same week or month of of me saying, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah. So it kind of came down to they are more interested in. Well, and I I should say he ended up getting the boot anyway. So, so I, you know, I don't want to impugn the that church or yeah. the senior pastor or anything, but, you know, it, the, the mentality still stays the same. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. If I stand alone, okay. We have to stand with the truth. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and interesting what you said there about unity trumps truth, uh, and look at the political parties, the political mess mm. we're in, and 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 mm. even during recent events of things that we can't say on the platforms that happened, um, yeah. and how um, pe- people fought over these things for the same reasons, uh, and fa- families have kind of split up on some lines, and you know it, it's not just in religion, so to speak, that we see these things, but people are. You know, a whole society, a whole world seems to be just kind of in this mindset where we all have to agree or, or this can't work. I'm like, where, where, how did that come from? Where, you know, it, it looks like, you know, history, you, you know, yes, American history can be debated. But, you know, you see these great compromises and people came together who didn't agree and they made it work. Mm-hmm. So, but it's yeah. just like people don't, don't want to do that. Yeah, but like you're well, saying, you- there's certain things that. You can't compromise with. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. I've heard it kind of put uh, interestingly that you have uh, the things in your closed hand that you will not compromise on. And then you have your open hand that, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe you can change my mind on these things, but this is bedrock. You know, it's that kind of idea. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of them being like end time stuff. I mean, and we can agree that's a sort of a secondary or peripheral issue because of the ambiguity there. Yeah. But at the same time, at the core of it, to make the assumption and force me to believe that Israel and the church, two separate things, two separate brides, two separate grooms, two separate marriages, different gospels, and therefore different way to live. Now you've gotten to the place where, okay, this is not a negotiable anymore. Yep. Like the rapture, the timing, and all this sort of stuff. Okay, put all that aside. When you get down to what, what our identity is, you get down to what the gospel is, and we can never compromise on the gospel. It's there's there's nothing more foolish than compromising on the gospel for the sake of unity. Yeah, I mean, I think the consequences are eternal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, you brought it up a couple times. The point of identity is. It's one of the most important concepts to to uh, try to get people to understand is the identity thing because if you don't get that, you're not gonna you're not gonna see it. Yeah, yeah. and that, that was one of the f- one of the first things that I grappled with. Um, again, I was listening to some videos by Rob Skeebel when I was working, and he pointed me to Jim Staley's teaching. Identity crisis yep. mm-hmm. blew my mind, blew it, and I mean that's a three-hour teaching. But after that, I mean, I, I watched that thing. I don't know how many times. Got out the notepad, took notes, studied this things out. I'm not, I'm not just going to believe it at face value. 
we're really studying these things out and evaluating. And I'm like, oh man, it's all falling into place now. Yeah. It's all falling into place. And and he was right. It's the church of Christianity is in a severe identity crisis right now. Yeah. And everything flows from that. Yeah. 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 Kind of like you were saying earlier about uh, having that discussion with the, you know, multiple uh, certificated pastor yeah. scenario. You know, it's it's like, yeah, you can have that discussion because you got the book with all the answers in it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, no, oh, I feel like I feel like a genius because all I got to do is read this and it, yeah. the answer is right there. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's like the father had closed all the loops for me. I'm like, well, here it is. It's, it's so simple. Yeah. Here's your here's your chain of verses that lay out the whole thing. Those different topics. I'm like, this this is so simple. A fifth grader could grasp. Yeah, when, once you realize, oh, this is all connected, and yeah, once you see the connections, you're like, oh, obviously. Yeah, and I'm I I I was just so interested to see. Okay, can a man with four masters and four or five doctorates? What can you do with these beliefs? And it was just what an experience. Yeah. Awesome, awesome experience. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna jump to the next one here. Okay. okay, so, uh, so I gathered from your videos that you kind of fancy yourself a bit of a sheepdog, if you will, uh, wherein you're going after the wolves in order to protect the sheep. Um, so I want to ask: Is that the purpose of your channel, or am I kind of reading into it? That's really well said, <laughs> but uh, it, it was not the point of my channel. Um, but it, yeah, it's become that. It's it's become that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I sort of lost hope for false teachers who are so into it and so and so committed to that. And I, I I'm on the fence of about how I should engage with them, uh, for starters. Uh, and the reason being. I'll I'll read you I'll read you some scripture here just for a second because I feel like the Lord's showing me something here and I hadn't seen it before but like when Paul says even if we are an angel from heaven preach another any other gospel view than what we have preached let him be accursed right you know the passage and as we have said before so now we say again if anyone preaches another gospel than what you received let him be accursed and I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me about that that. How do we react with false teachers? That verb is past tense. You know, we, we just studied that. It's like we let them alone. Like it's a major act of grace just to provide information and confront them about that. But when you're at the point where you're preaching these false gospels so dogmatically, which I run into a lot on TikTok with some people, I don't know if they can be corrected and be saved. I don't know. That's that's up to the Father. It would absolutely take a miracle. But there's so many people watching and learning from this stuff. It, it's become, my focus has moved off of really who I'm talking to. If they're that um, set in their ways to just trying to address the false teaching. Right. Really. And and it's just been really powerful to realize, like, like the scripture prophesies the whole thing, you know, uh, where it says, one day the Gentiles are going to wake up and they're going to realize, quote, our fathers have inherited lies. Yeah. 
you know, and so, it, yeah, the audience has become the most important thing to me. So yeah. I guess, yeah, I mean, I never thought of myself as a sheepdog, but at the same time, you know, I think of Ezekiel 3, uh, when the Almighty says, look, if I, if I tell the wicked that they're going to perish, and you don't give them warning, and they die in their sins, their blood will I require. It's on you. Yeah. Yeah. But if you warn them, and they don't change their direction, you have delivered your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just think it's it's a I think it's a really good thing to start forcing these conversations and put this more out there as much as we can to draw awareness to it. You know, to help people realize, hey, just so you know, the gospel's never changed. And I know that you've been programmed since birth to think that the gospel has changed and, and all that. It has never changed. Okay, Hebrews four two. Matthew twenty four fourteen. It's very simple, and I, I, I just, I think, I want to draw attention to that, and hopefully, cause people to think and have discussions. Like if we yeah. just get people talking about these things, it would bring accountability back. And yeah, I, and I think it'll I think draw it's... the people that are interested in the discussion, or have questions, or yes. are willing to question. Yeah, and I don't understand why people are are so close-minded to it. Like, for instance, nobody in Christianity realizes this, but the entire gospel message is presented in the eight holy days that the Father yeah. gave us. Yeah. I mean, they're right there. The whole story of redemptive history, the yeah. whole story of the gospel, and that's why he said, I believe that's why he said, this is to be observed. Throughout every generation, perpetually, forever. Yeah. Because it's a litmus test for the gospel. But if you can throw out those holy days or holidays or whatever, now you can put in your own gospel. Yeah. And if we could just just get that back, that would focus people's minds and really open them up be like, wow, just these eight holidays, when you understand the meanings, totally opens up the scriptures. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and just knowing the connection between the the holy days and Messiah, I don't know why that yeah. doesn't make people want or like want to observe them. It's like this lines up so perfectly. I should want to. I should desire to be doing this. It's yeah. you know that's how it was for us. Once we saw that, it was oh, this is amazing. The is. Like, uh, there's a one pastor that I'm friends with. He's a pastor of, of a mega church location right now, but he was he used to be in my Sunday night group. And I meet with him on occasion. And when I bring up the holy days, he like, looks around. He's like, you know what? I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, communion and, and all that versus Passover. Like, it's it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, well, then why don't you do it? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know? And I know I mean, it's very simple. Up, uh, uh, Christmas to the pastor, and they're like, they're like, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, see? They know. No. What are you doing? They know. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's so simple. If God gave these commandments. He said, don't add to them or take away from them. Yeah. Very clear. Don't add to these holy days. Don't take away from them. And what has Christianity done? It's taken away all of them and added two new ones. Yeah. yeah. And done it in a way that violates everything God said don't do in Deuteronomy 12. It's like, and it's, it's really interesting to me, if I may add this, um, 
like my wife has been talking to me about this a lot because she deals with a lot of uh, clients and a lot of people who are not saved, don't claim to be, don't go to church, whatever. But when they ask about our faith, she tells her like, yeah, so we don't, God said, don't do this with the holy days. So we observe his holy days. And they're like, yeah, makes perfect sense. God said that the Sabbath is to be observed every Saturday on the seventh day and done this way. But Christianity has changed it to that. And they're like, hey, that makes perfect sense. Why did Christianity do that? Like, they're not offended at all. And, and even when you bring up Leviticus 11, yeah. they're like, yeah, so God said don't eat a couple of these animals. And so they we don't, don't think that she's <laughs> weird. Yeah, that makes they're sense. like, yeah, you're not weird. That makes perfect sense. And it makes sense because these animals are so unhealthy for you to eat. Yeah. So the unsaved world is like they have no problem with it. They, they think it makes perfect yeah. sense. And it's kind of cool, the sacredness of it. Yeah. But Christianity bristles so hard at it it's like okay there's a different spirit working here yeah yeah like you're going yeah. up against the spirit of error yeah and, and in my life i worked with a guy that was an atheist and and um, i had great conversations with him you, you know sometimes we'd go out to eat and maybe for lunch or something and he would you know he, he wouldn't even order shrimp or he would ask me he's like hey i know you don't eat shrimp or pork whatever it was is it, is it going to offend you that I eat this at your table? And, you know, I mean, he would ask and no one else even gave a rip about that. But they would, but he they would order the unclean thing on, on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And, and I found and I had great conversations with him, honest conversations. And, you know, when he would talk rail against religion, I'd be like, you're right. Yeah. I agree with yeah. him. And he, he didn't know yeah. what to do. He's He'd never heard someone you know, support those things and see it the same way he did. And it, it, it was interesting to him and it, he wanted to have those conversations. So yeah. I, I enjoy it. It makes me wonder how much wisdom is there in taking the truth of the whole Bible and going at the church world with it versus going at those who are not already front loaded and programmed about all this religious stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just something I wonder, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, years ago in the church things that we did, and there was one time when we got a bunch of men together, and it was kind of like a, a leadership group, and we brought in a guy who, um, I guess you could say he was kind of a, they called him a prophet, and, and, and he had words for the group, and um, yeah. one of the things that he said, and I think he was right on this piece, uh, he, but he, he, he was a little confused. He, he felt like that the home church movement connected to regular church was going to grow exponentially and that uh, mm. there were going to be so many people coming to the gospel that churches couldn't contain it. And I think he was right about it, but I think it's more like this Torah movement that we're seeing. Kind of right and, for the wrong reasons. Yeah, kind of yeah. And so, yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like there are people that are wanting to wake up to this and and uh, they're, they're tired of church the way it's been, just like you've said before. They, they're frustrated with, yeah. with how that's going, and they just see so many inconsistencies. And then, you know, the Internet, let's face it, you, you, a few Google searches of Christmas and Easter, it doesn't take you long to go, whoa, oh, yeah. what, what's going on Oh, here? yeah. Yeah, it's a real head-scratcher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people in the church that are totally open for it and even searching for it. Yeah. I know I was, even in my teen years. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know something's not right 
you're searching for it, but you cannot find the answers in that world. You know, now with the internet. Yeah. I knew something was wrong when when I grew up and uh, went to Bible class, went to a Christian college, and then I was like, I remember some guy, old guy, taught Acts, and he made Acts so boring, yeah, and I was really like, wait a minute, I was like, I, I think I knew more coming into this class, and I thought I was coming to Christian college to really get some meat, and turns out there's nothing, and I was so disappointed. With, with that experience, which which I started learning, okay, well, huh, there's it's not what I thought. And they were more about the message, about kind of what you talked about earlier, yeah. the programming, if you will, that it was all about that instead of having people just dive in and discover truth. How do you make the book of Acts boring? Oh, I know. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Of all of the books, Acts. Yeah. No. So I kind of wanted to dovetail on, on the discussion because – I think I think we hit a couple scenarios wherein this fits, but it, what's the difference between a sheep and a wolf? How would how do you tell the difference? Uh, did you read Ezekiel twenty two? Yeah. I mean uh, it's a it's the heart of the matter. It's it's a wolf, or I'm sorry, a sheep loves the master like a child, you know, like, like a dog loves her owner, you know, but a wolf is totally different. And like Yeshua said, by their fruits, you'll know them. And I would say by their fruits, they'll know themselves because I don't even think people know that they're wolves. I really don't. I don't think. Pastors are willfully deceiving, and you know it's okay. So that that's way. kind of where that's kind of where I wanted to pick up on this because, to me, um, so I've heard, I've heard it put this way, and I think it's pretty accurate. A sheep is someone who doesn't know. A wolf is someone who doesn't want to know the truth. Ooh. Okay, so when. You go to the pastor and you say, hey, this, I found this thing about Christmas. And they're like, I know, I know. That's wolf behavior. Uh, now, whether they're a wolf yeah. or not, that's definitely wolf behavior. You see what I mean? Yeah. So that's yeah, I, get what, you, I, I get, get what you're going for. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. And I think 119 came to the same uh, conclusion as you did. Okay. That it's just, it's, it's their heart. Do they want to know and do they want to obey or do they want to stop their ears and mm-hmm. they don't want to obey? That's sort of where they came from. Um, and I think that's true. Yeah. But it's also ambiguous a little bit. Like you have to judge the person's heart right. and all that, which is doable. But I just find, I think it's easier to just read the list that the scripture gives us and that exposes the wolf. Like you, you instantly know. And, I mean, it's not hard to find. Yeshua was quoting it. It's the only other place in the scripture that says ravenous wolves, you know. And I'll just just read this one verse. Um, Ezekiel 22, her priests have violated my law, the Torah, they profane my holy things, and they have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean to the people. That's obvious. 
And they've hidden their eyes from my Sabbath, so I'm profaned among them. There's your four fruits right there. Then he follows it up with, her princes in the midst are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood, destroy souls, and to get dishonest gain. That's what Yeshua is quoting in John 10, to steal, yeah. kill, and destroy. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a pastor who's not telling the people the difference between what holy and unholy is, not telling them the difference between what clean and unclean is, and they're hiding their eyes from the Sabbaths, which is also the eight holy days, the high Sabbaths, mm -hmm. and they do violence to the Torah, they teach against it, that's all four fruits. And that's like, that's every mainline denominational church. So, so that's, why I, that's why I kind of break it into uh, the, the ones that don't know that they're doing that and the ones that yeah. do know. Yeah, you know and I wonder I mean? what the percentage would be. Yeah, I don't. I think those that do know, probably like that. Probably. I don't think there's that. I don't think there's that many. Yeah, and yeah. so that's you know that's one of the things we struggled with early on was, this is Christianity's a cult, and they've sucked all these people in, and they're they're following another Messiah, which they literally are. They're yeah. following another Messiah. If you get and, down to it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's there's there's kind of two extremes to it though. It's like, yeah, it's it's a cult and and denying Messiah essentially another Messiah, mm -hmm. but it's also a stepping stone to finding Messiah. You know what I mean? Oh so it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that strange. Yeah, and pull. I mean, and I tell people, don't get me wrong. I I am very appreciative of my upbringing. Yeah. Like the fact that I was raised in a Christian home and went to a Christian school and and was taught creationism over evolution right off the bat, and had this um, appreciation and respect for the scriptures instilled in me from that young age. Yeah, hugely grateful for that. Like uh, that 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 was that was the best thing. Yeah, that laid the foundation. Right, yeah, you have the foundation. Yeah, you have the trust in the word. And you see all that you're presented with all the evidence that proves that the word is true in all these different areas, even creation and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, then I wanted to go into something that that uh, I think from your videos, you you made a good point on this. Uh, so I kind of want you to go into it a little bit um, about this distinction between the faith of Messiah and faith in Messiah. Mm. Yeah, it's that would take an hour. But <laughs> really, and that's and that's uh, that's the difference, and I think that's how sneaky the enemy is, and it's absolutely part of the gospel. You know, the words mean things. I yeah. mean, it, you know, it couldn't be more clear. Words mean things, and even the little words like that in Revelation, where it says the faith of Yeshua. Um, like, for instance, Revelation 14, 12. Here's the patience of the saints, or the endurance. Here are those who keep the commandments of God. And that verb there is perpetually, continuous keeping of the commandments of God. That's their lifestyle. And they have the faith of Yeshua, which is... It's not just faith in what he did, and, and I'm not 
discrediting that at all. That's absolutely part of the gospel. Our yeah, that's a full faith has to be in that. It has to be. We yeah. have to realize we could never earn our salvation. Right. No way. We can't do it. But it's it's like the the famous saying: "There's 18 inches between heaven and hell," which is the distance between your head and your heart. Like you can have it here, but if it doesn't manifest itself in your life in what you're actually doing, there is no evidence that you have salvation in you. There's none. Like if it's only here and you have a life of unbroken sin, you have no evidence of it. You have, you have none. You are, what James would say, self-deceived. You're in a whitewash. So I, yes. And it, it's, it's interesting, you know, right before Yeshua went to the cross in Matthew 24, he said the first thing out of his mouth when the disciples asked him, what's going to be the sign that the end times are coming and that, you, that you're coming back? The first thing out of his mouth, let no man deceive you by any means. Paul comes along, says the same thing. Let no man deceive you. James wears it out. John says it. Peter says it. Peter even warns about Paul's writings yeah. in that. Yeah. The warnings are everywhere. Let no man deceive you by any means and don't trust in man's religion, traditions, and all of that. It's so clear. And so that's why... Just one last thing. To answer your question, I would say the way to understand that is that this is a test of genuine faith. When he says the faith of Yeshua. This is genuine faith. And it's interesting that the the enemy, the Antichrist, everyone, they don't go after those who profess faith in Christ or faith in Yeshua during the, during the tribulation. There's no evidence of that. They make war with those who have the testimony of it and keep the commandments of God. Yeah. You know, and so that's why the great passage for whether or not your faith is real, First John chapter two. By this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Right. It, it's right there, and it goes on for another five verses. Right. Yeah, you were quoting. That's how you know do you have the faith of Yeshua. If you walk like him, you do. Profess him. Yeah. And I know that if I don't use Paul, people don't believe it. <laughs> so I I throw one Paul reference in there because it's just undeniable in Romans 8 Paul says the carnal mind is enmity against God it is not subject to the law of God or the Torah nor indeed can it be yeah that's such a power get down to bare bones how to know that you have the seed of the almighty in you that you are converted can you physically submit yourself to the law of God? Like his commandments. Can you do it? If you can't, there's no verse in the Bible that would say that you, you are, saved, are saved or have that in you. Yeah, that's, that's the bare bones right there's there. There's a lot in that verse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like you're Let's saying, go. you're quoting Revelation 12 there about the Messiah and the faith of Messiah and the commandments. And, you know, that's your two witnesses. That's your, uh, uh, I mean, that that's salvation even has the two witnesses. And usually we leave yeah. off the one. It's the faith in Messiah and repentance. You have to have both of them for salvation. So Spot on. Yeah. And even, like, that's one reason why I do the TikTok videos is just try to, try to raise awareness to that point right there. Like, how the scripture tells us this is how you test doctrine. 
One of them being what you just said. We must have two to three witnesses to establish a matter. Yeah. And how many Christian beliefs are based on one phrase of a verse? Yeah. And that's taken out of context. And then it becomes a mountain, yeah. you know, and, and they die on this hill. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. Well, this is real serious stuff. Hey, I'm, I'm going to rabbit trail for a second. Go for it. So I've been looking at the guitar in the background, and I used to know this guy named Eric who made custom guitars, and he kind of made a guitar that looked like that. Do you remember? Is that, one of, is that a custom guitar? No, that is – it's a rarity. It's not made anymore. Um this is a Parker Nightfly M. Hmm. Uh, it's rare Sol because solid it's, body. It's, it's solid body. It's made of solid coa, which is oh, awesome. Yeah. But it has a split cable. So the cable comes out and plugs into an acoustic amp and an electric amp. Ah, that's it's awesome. It's got piezo pickup, pickups in the saddle, and so you can play full acoustic. Wow. Or you can mix the two of them and do it together and build dynamics that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guitar is awesome. Is that a talk? Talk, I mean? Um, the acoustic? No, the bottom one is a uh, Taylor. Oh, it's a Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, there's a rule in my house. If it's not Taylor, it doesn't come off. <laughs> I've actually been toured the Taylor factory and I got the really? little Taylor coasters uh, from the center holes. I still have a few of those around. Nice. That's pretty fun. So nice. I, I have a, um, a, a Martin that I like playing on. So Hey, Martin's good. Martin's yeah. good. Yeah. I would say Martin and Taylor right there. Oh, yeah. They're the best. The other rabbit trail is, so something that you might think about uh, is this uh, YouTube channel called Fiery Faith Ministries. And okay. um, Fiery Faith is James and Leah Carruthers, and they are looking for people to do Torah testimonies. And uh, they've had a hard time. You know, not everybody's willing to come on TV and put their face on it like some of us do. And I get it. And, you know, um, not everybody wants to do that. But but uh, right. you might reach out to them and, you know, you might, uh, if, you, if that was something you're interested in, you know, they are looking, actively seeking. And, and when they did it with us, you know, they just turn you loose. And, you know, I think Dr. Pigeon's on there and I think his is pretty long, but. People do from 20 minutes to like an hour just telling your story. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I haven't heard of him yet. I'll look him up. Yeah. And if you find Matt's in my uh, videos, put a nice comment in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And and my video, we, we discussed that uh, Heber Hammer thing offline, but that's in there for mm. uh, if you wanted to hear what that is, that's on, on that testimony. I do. I do. And and before we before we uh, change it to anything else too, do, do you have um, other things that you're working on, or do you just have people coming to TikTok? Do you do you know you want to talk about anything that uh, might be in the future of what you might do or what you might be thinking? Yeah, I I do. Um, I'm working on a podcast right now. I'm starting that. Uh, TikTok has become so. So toxic, you know. I mean, it, it's good for what it is, but um, you also you got such a short amount of time. It's like, how do you make a case and, and have any sort of decent discussion on these massive topics that are so important in under three minutes? Yeah, or maybe ten at the most. Like, it's just, you know, it's so difficult, and there's not back and forth, and you can't go into detail. So I've been working on um, 
starting a podcast um, that was supposed to launch the beginning of this week, but I ran into some troubles. And so hopefully that'll be launched this, this coming week, maybe on Friday. Uh, entitled the same thing, Leaving Churchianity. Um, it's a good but, title. Yeah, and it's not... Um, it's not going to be the same focus as TikTok, you know, as far as just like Torah focus. This is more like e evangelistic. And I mean, the target audience for this is basically my younger self, which is in the, the people that I interacted with in my 20s, 30s and 40s of people who are just unsatisfied with church and they don't see anything else. And they they want the truth. They want discipleship, really mentorship and, and they just can't get it. And there's so many people. I read a Pew Research poll the other day that said since the year 2000, two thirds of Christians in America have left the church completely. Wow. And they, they do not attend anymore. Two thirds are gone. I forget what it was. It was like 170 million people or something. It was, it was, it was insane. That's crazy. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm starting that and it's going to, it's kind of like a, it's going to be like a faith journey is what it is. Like we're starting at the basics <clears throat> and we're going to deal with some apologetic stuff of proving from history, literature, science, logic, reasoning, that the scripture is true. Absolutely true. Because I know that's one of the top two reasons why people fall away from the faith. Like they're raising it. They get out, they go to college, and they just get annihilated by evolutionary pressures. They, they rip the foundation out of Genesis, and people just fall away from the faith. And it's 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 preposterous. Yeah, and I think half the problem is half the churches embrace embrace uh, evolution. Right? Yeah, which is or, like or like, or like you talked about the gap theory, or yeah. Or, or, you know, some extended time. Well, it could have taken thousands of years and, and millions of years. And, uh, it's kind of twisted. That's where uh, words mean things. <laughs> right. And he, it was written in very clear very language. Yeah. Very clear. And I like to call it the impossible theory of evolution. Yeah. Because it's, it's lunacy. When you really get into it, it's like, oh, come on. This is his fairy tale. As it gets, as it gets. And, the, and so much of the information is censored from textbooks, from the media and everything. You're only given this little narrative and these evidences that push that narrative. And I mean, that's not going to be the whole focus of the podcast, but it's like just starting at your faith journey and saying, look, don't turn your back on the church completely. Um, well, don't turn your back on God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, uh, you guys know there's a massive, uh, movement right now of deconstructionism you know people deconstructing their faith and well, that's i what we personally do. think it's good yeah like i'm not against it go ahead and deconstruct your faith and then finish the job like study for yourself search things out and reconstruct your faith properly and that's real that's really the, the the point of the podcast is to help people do that because i wish people had been there for me I really do. I'm a, I've been struggling with this stuff since high school. And I asked everybody I could find and nobody ever had answers. And most people didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I just, I know people really want it. And now with the boom of uh, social media and technology, we, we have 
we have access to so much. It's an invaluable resource. And I think podcasts and stuff are fantastic for that. And I'm also starting a, a YouTube channel, hopefully within this month of July as well. And that's going to be more, um, it's Leaving Churchianity as well, but it's more um, evangelistic and topic, to topical. So basically a much bigger, better version of TikTok. Yeah. Because I, you know, I want to have interactions and live discussions with people, you know, call in, interview, Q&As, whatever. You know, over the podcast, I want to do, I'm starting with, you know, email. Like along the way as we do this faith journey, any question you possibly have, email it in and let's devote time to this thing. And let's, let's, the whole point is to shed the skin of churchianity. You know, get rid of the traditions and all of the baggage that's been accumulated over the last 2,000 years when over 40,000 different denominations have been formed. Right. Like that alone is preposterous. And I think the enemy has done a fantastic job of mucking everything up and clouding it to where you can't find the truth. Yeah. Like there's so many imposters and substitutes. It's like we got to find a way to get rid of all that baggage and get down to just the basics. Yeah. Amen. So that's, Amen. yeah, that's really the whole point. Well, so. we want to encourage our listeners to go check you out and please notify us when, when you do those things and we can yeah. do something to help you out uh, and on all our social media streams. We'll put a, a post out there for you and that way people yeah. will kind of know uh, when, when it comes through. And also we offer our services. Jake and I offer services if, if you need them. And uh, something that we've done a lot on is that I think is important and and understanding um, for for a new you know that your target audience uh, the idea of the wedding throughout Scripture and the wedding language and about Adam and Eve being married under a sukkah and that you know and then it ties it back to Revelation w with the wedding and the bride um, so we have a lot of information that we've researched on that and a guy named michael omen um which is across Never the pond you gotta oh. check him out it's, michael uh, omen yes. yeah yeah o-l-l-m-a-n-n -N. there's one n i can't remember it's o-h-m-e-n o-m-a-n oh yeah yeah o-h-m-a-n yeah his uh oh. his website is olive branch fellowship that's his youtube channel also and he has a whole series of the wedding. And you know what I really like about him is when we were researching it, we I reached out to him and said, hey, this is fantastic. I'd like to do more research on it. I'd like to put it on our thing. And he's like, here you go. Here's all the files. Yeah. I was like, wow. Oh, wow. Cool. And, and and that made me go. He's for real. He's for you real. Know, he's yeah. not trying to make money off he's of this. He, you know, he, he figures, feels like, yeah, I gave him some truth on this. And he wants people to know. And um He's a fantastic person to talk to. He's gotten real busy, but, um, and then we also have a thing we've done on why does Yeshua have to die? Because that was a question that I had a lot uh, growing up. You know, I'd be like, well, what did, why did he have to die on the cross? And uh, um, you said, Matt, and, and, you know, they would give me these pod answers and they would use these words. And sometimes I don't think they even knew what these words meant, but they just heard right. them and they said them yeah. again. And I was just like, that didn't really answer my question. You know, why did he have to die? And then I discovered, you know, the jealous husband. And yep. um, 
and I'm like, okay. And then, and then the whole thing, when he said, when he drinks the cup of suffering, I felt, I think that he's talking about the cup of bitter waters that he's about to drink and, you know, where the, yeah, number chapter five. Yeah. 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 So, and to me, that's powerful is unlocking that. And, and, uh, and it's such a simple, simple teaching, simple truth. Uh, that's not hard to grasp. Yeah. The idea yeah. of, uh, the divorce with Israel and then yeah. the, I'm here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The two house thing is so important. Yeah, there's so many like base, uh, you know, uh, just things you need to change your mind on. And, like, yeah, these are uh, for people like glasses, see. lenses to yeah. interpret this. Yeah. yeah. And so you exactly. found your answer, Matt, in the in the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, the whole biblical principle there. And I I don't know why people don't get, you can't just pick up a book and say, I'm only going to read the last third and only half of that. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. You can't understand what people call the New Testament without the Old Testament. Or, you, you or I'm going to go watch a Netflix series and uh, that everyone <laughs> is binge watching. And I'm going to start in season three, episode eight. Yeah. You know, nobody does that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never seen someone pick up a book and be like, yeah, I'm start maybe right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this will tell me all I need to know. And I can base my eternal destiny yeah. on this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is oh, interesting. Yeah. I it's interesting. You, you were saying uh, in, being important to start at the beginning. And that's, uh, yeah. you know, that's what Paul did. Paul's hit with the blindness. And the first thing he does, he goes back to Sinai. And he goes, what? I need to, like, get away from thing, this place and go back to where it started and figure this out. Yeah, that's exactly right. And how God declares the end from the beginning. Yeah. And like, like Paul says, you know, the famous passage where he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, proof, correction, instruction, righteousness. Yeah, the, the verse right before that. From a childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, speaking of the Tanakh, Genesis through Malachi. Yeah. And these are able to make you wise into salvation through faith, which is in Yeshua. And then he goes on to say, all this scripture is profitable for doctrine right now. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love that question. Right now. Like, all scripture is profitable for instruction. Okay. Can I bring you Leviticus 11 and instruct you on something? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it just sounds so simple. It, but... For doctrine, reproof, correction, that's bringing it up and co correcting people and turning yes. them around Can according I you to the Leviticus commandments 11. in the Torah. No, you cannot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting that the way that it's been twisted is so crazy. And how we've all fallen for it, too, is yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. Oh yeah, it's yeah. hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, all of us. We were if programmed it, that way. If it were possible, even the elect would be deceived, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And what makes it so difficult is it tickles the ears. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's what we want to hear, and we don't. We don't, don't realize it. it. You don't realize it. You think you're doing good. You think you're on the. Yeah, oh, I, I got it. We don't realize that the Son of God did not come to start a new religion. You know, yeah. and we don't. We, I, <laughs> never I think we don't on us. I think we don't yeah. realize that that's what we're doing to it, and so we don't. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. something interesting when we studied out um, 
the Nicolaitans, I studied out uh, Marcion and yeah. uh, looked oh, at yeah. him a little bit, and I'm like, wait a minute. What? what? Marcion was burned at the stake because he believed there was a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New Testament, and they weren't, they, you know, there were two different deities, basically, and I'm like, huh. It's crazy that we went from a time when that, you know, burned you at the stake to that's kind of what a lot of people believe. And then maybe kind of what I believed at some yeah. point. And um, yeah. it is interesting. And in, in, uh, maybe not in your thought process, but in reality, in, in effect, that's what you were believing. Yeah. 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 I don't know that I could articulate that. But looking back on it, now, yeah, I was like, yeah, I can remember teaching kids and and, and going through the book of Judges, I'm like, yeah, he was kind of angry, you know. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I didn't understand it. It's amazing. It's yeah. not easy. It is not easy for people, any of us, to really think through, like ex extract ourselves from the situation and say, all right, I need to look at the big picture of history and what's going on and set all of my preconceived understandings and ideas aside and logically think through these things that is no easy task no and so i think it's good like you guys sharing with uh this michael allman and all this i think this is what we should be doing yeah with social yeah. media with technology having promoting these conversations and bringing awareness to the fact that the whole bible is relevant yeah the whole thing and if you think about it at least this is, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but this is how I see it. We today are in the same situation and predicament that the disciples were in in the first century when Yeshua walked the earth. Like they were, they were raised in a religion yeah. that had added to and taken away from the Torah. It was a perversion of it. Judaism is not Old Testament theology. It yeah. was a perversion of it. Yeah. And the Son of God had to come and straighten them out and get back to the basics. Back to that definition of sin, which is the Torah. Yeah. And 2,000 years later, we're born into a situation that's basically the same thing. Yeah. Our religion has added to it and taken away from it, and we need the Messiah to do the same thing with us he did with them. Yeah. yeah. And get we, back to the basics. Yeah. And we have our modern-day Pharisees. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's and good. I don't know how we don't understand that gospel has never changed it's because we're enlightened <laughs> well yeah yeah but i mean like hebrews 4 says very clearly the same gospel that was preached to them way back at mount sinai is the same gospel that's been preached to us in the first century how clearer do you need it stated yeah <laughs> it's right there years ago i was at a uh, and this was a like a church conference thing and this uh, preacher got up and he t and he used this quote and it always stuck with me and even to this day and, and there's a lot of truth in it and he was kind of a country preacher from the south and he he said when it comes to the gospel i want to be as conservative as a corn stalk but when it comes to methods i want to be as modern as a rocket ship and uh, you know, I think there's there's a lot of truth to that, um, and you know, and he was on to some things, yeah. you know, and um, so that's why we want to help promote promote what you're trying to do and your and your channels because you know you got to think. I've thought many times, you know, if Paul was here today, how would he use these things? And he would be talking about the word. He would be uh, he would be Absolutely. using it 
to to tell people. He would be like, "What? You, well, everybody's not using this. What's going on? Why are you not all telling yeah. people that they need to get right?" Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, and I, I know people get people get upset with me when I say this, but I'm going to continue to say it. That Paul's fantastic. I'm not against Paul in any way, shape, or form at, at all. He absolutely lived like Yeshua. He preached the same thing. But we have the warning against him for a reason. Yeah. And the wisest thing anyone can do at this point of realizing, hey, you know what? I may have inherited some lies and theology may not be right. Set Paul aside. Just start at the beginning of the Bible. Yeah. Study everything. The whole study the entire thing, all the writers, all the way to the end. And then when you get to feeling like, okay, I have a grasp on this. Now I can start reading Paul in light of everything else that the scripture says. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you can twist Paul to say anything that you want. Right. Because he's tough, man. Yeah. yeah. And we, we say on this channel that, uh, you know, you can't know what Paul knows until you've read what polls he's read. So you have to go back. And, and, what, he's, and what he's quoting. Yeah. 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 And, and it really helps to realize the fact that Paul talks about seven different laws. Yeah. Like just that fact alone, most every Christian in the world has no idea of that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he all, talks about all law. master class level. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't understand the context, you're going to think he's talking about the law of God and not the law of, of Christ or the law of sin and death. And all. It, it, it leads to confusion. Yeah. So yeah. I. That's my advice for people anyway. Yeah, and that's, good a, that, that's good advice. I had to do the same thing. You know, it was a long time before I could come into Paul because I knew that. And, um, it, yeah, it definitely is not something to be done lightly or without much thought and, and, and um, careful in lots of prayer, you know. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I pray for our families all the time that, that they will love Yah more than the world. And I think that that's the problem that I see with so many young people today. They don't love Yah more than the world, and, and their heart has to change. And, and He says, "Seek, seek Me while you can find Me," and uh, yeah. you know, and, and that's that's the hope we want. And I encourage everybody that can hear this, you know, start praying that prayer over your grandkids, your kids, the the people, the, all the kids you know. Uh, we need to be pouring that over them, is that they will love. Yeah, more than they love the world because it, it's increasingly more difficult. We're increasingly more distracted. I mean, just look at, you know, we're all of age to to see how the world has changed with the with the phone and how um, immersed everyone is. And you know, even uh, you know, I was I've been at some places of business where I needed to buy some different materials, you know, for work, and and I noticed that uh, you know so much of the help every time they have two seconds, they're checking the phone looking at their stuff, you know, yeah. stuff. they can't even function at work doing work without yeah. looking at the phone. So it's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an addiction. And I'm guilty. You know, I'm not saying I'm, yeah, so am I. And, so. but we can use that. Yeah. yeah. You know, just use that Avenue to get the message to people and get them thinking. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Well, we, we, we're going to need to, 
uh, kind of wrap it up here a little bit. It's kind of late for Luke, and uh, he is an hour uh, behind us. So, um, we, uh, Jake, do you have anything else? Any other questions? Anything you want to say? Uh, no, just uh, it was just a pleasure having you on, and uh, we enjoyed talking with you and learning a bit more about you and letting you uh, kind of do the talking for yourself instead of us saying, "Hey, go look at this guy," and you know, mm. giving you some kind of rep that maybe you don't have. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was nice chatting with you guys. Um, yeah, I think it's great to have these conversations and draw awareness to the fact that the image that we have of God and our faith that we've inherited is not all that accurate to what the Scripture says. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it, it, just, it just is what it is. And there's no better time than right now to start looking at it. Like there's just so many avenues and so much technology and it's all free. Like there's, there's yeah. no excuse. Yeah. We're running out of excuses of, Oh, I didn't realize we are running out of excuses. And I just, I want people to know that like even God, like most people don't realize cause we don't read Deuteronomy. We don't realize that God tests his people. And not just sending trials in the way, you know, to test your faith. He says specifically, God sends false teachers to people to test their love and their commitment to him. Mm-hmm. Teachers who teach them to depart from the commandments of God. And he tests their loyalty. And most people don't realize that. Yeah. And, and that alone should, should be a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah, you should be aware and looking for it. Is exactly right. And you know, this is how God works. We realize how God works. If that was preached in modern churches today, I think it would be an, it would be an instant wake up call. Yeah, it would spark a modern reformation, and all of the unintentional wolves exposed. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Right there. When you bring Deuteronomy thirteen and Deuteronomy twelve and Amos three seven, oh man, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that would. Uh, that's what I want to see is a modern reformation. It yeah. started back in Martin Luther's day. We need to continue it. Well, th- that's such a a great uh, way to end it. Um, something that I've thought a lot in uh, in regular church was we prayed for revival, and we'd have these revival meetings. You know, and I can remember as a kid going, "This is boring." This is really boring. This is supposed to make me excited. Um, yeah. But I didn't realize the revival was going to empty the church. <laughs> yeah, but this we are in revival, and and that's yeah. beautiful. And, and 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 we are seeing a revival happen. And um, you know, it's a, it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Well, well, Luke, do you have any yeah. other final thoughts? Uh no, no. I think we covered a lot, man. It was a great great time chatting with you. Yeah, great we conversation. Do, we do it again. And, more. Yeah, we'll have to do that. And I encourage everyone to go Google Leaving Churchianity and go check him out on TikTok. He's going to be coming out on some different platforms soon, and we'll keep you abreast yep. as he does that. And we encourage you to uh, follow him, check him out, and uh, leave him some positive feedback. You know, he gets some negative things in there. Oh, you know, go on his channel and that would be nice. say some nice <laughs> things to him. He'll like that. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, hopefully the the podcast will be out on all the Apple podcasts, everything. Yeah, uh, hopefully next hopefully next Friday. 
So well, good. That right. sounds great. Well, yeah. um, you can feel if you stay if you'll stay on the line just a second with us, but we'll go ahead and sign off here. So this is Matt and Jake signing out. Thank you.